Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Today on Conflict Managed, we are joined by Tracy Mebbin, Human Resource Administrator and Special Projects at Lane College. Tracy has more than 20 years of experience between the fields of finance, banking, and human resources. She received several awards from First Tennessee Bank, recognizing many of her accomplishments, particularly in leadership. In 2014, Tracy re-entered higher education at the nonprofit HBCU Lane College. Planning, directing, developing, coordinating, training, thinking strategically of the welfare of the college so that the college can continue to grow and educate are only part of her duties. She led the development of the Benefits and Retirement Committee that gives the faculty and staff a voice in decision-making regarding health insurance and retirement benefit options. She is currently leading Lane College's Retirement Transformation Project. She previously led the team that revised the employee handbook, and she sits on the president's leadership team. Tracy is a member of the Society of Human Resource Management and currently volunteers on the West Tennessee SHRM Executive Board and is on her second year as the Community Outreach Director, raising over $10,000 for different community outreach projects in 2022. She is also a non-medical emergency volunteer for West Tennessee. Tracy attended airline school in Pompano, Florida and worked at Memphis International after high school. She has an Associate of Applied Science and Information Technology from Jackson State Community College, a Bachelor of Science from University of Tennessee at Martin, and an MBA with distinction from Grantham University, who has now joined the curriculum at the University of Arkansas. Good morning, Tracy, and welcome to Conflict Managed. Good morning. Nice to be here. I'm so happy to have you here with us. Let's go ahead and get right into it. And Tracy, will you tell us about your work history, starting with your first job? Wow. Mary, it goes way, way back a long time. Um, But I do remember my first job probably being a summer job. Um, And um, everything, I worked at Pinnock Lodge, you know, but um, it was at a lodge and everything was so easy then. Um, You know, of course, I was like 16. So everything was just easy. They gave you an assignment. You completed your assignment. You let everybody was so friendly and nice, and then you went home and then you did it all over again. I don't recall ever having a conflict um, in my early uh, work experience or being around conflict. Maybe it was hidden or whatever, but I don't remember conflict being ever an issue in my first job. Um, it probably was not until I was. Um, Later in life, when I was older and things become became competitive because I worked mm. in sales quite a bit. So I worked for Bell South and it was sales. So sometimes there would be conflict because we worked off a commission. So when you have commission jobs, sometimes that causes conflict because everybody is trying to make the money and um, claiming every customer is their customer, whether they talk to them or not. So. Um, so that experience, that was, that was a challenge, but we all made it through it. And I think it was because during that time we had a lot of training. They continuously trained us. So I think with all my work experience, um, the ones that offered training ongoing were probably the best jobs that I had 
because even if you lost focus or got stressed, that training brought you back to where you needed to be. I love that so much. So many companies will say, okay, you are trained or or you have your job description. You have been trained, go forth. And sometimes we just need simple reminders. We don't get it all. We evolve as we do our job. We have new questions. We see things in different Mm -hmm. ways and ongoing training. It seems very important to job satisfaction and empowerment and engagement. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you bring different people into the workforce, so you may have been hired and got comfortable with um, certain colleagues or leadership, but when leadership changes and your colleagues change, you have to adjust your personal style to what, what's important to them. So that requires more training, you know, um, you may know your job and can do your job perfectly, but um, there could be they can communicate differently. Um, so, so sometimes that communication breakdown uh, could seem to be a conflict when it's just something that needs to be talked out and worked out because you could be used to doing it one way, but under new leadership, their expectations are entirely different. I love that you brought that up because I was just reading a book. I'm reading a book on empathy and emotional intelligence. And um, uh, they quoted Daniel Goleman about that people who are emotionally intelligent, they read the room. They don't expect everybody to conform to their style of communication or leadership, but they look to other people and try to communicate in a way where they are responding to their emotional needs or the way they express themselves. So I love that you you brought that up. It seems to me that I encounter people or just in the culture where we expect people to see our uniqueness and in order for us to be to be have felt belonging or this imagined belonging everyone needs to conform to me. And yes. that doesn't seem realistic. It seems that there should be a give and take. Can you talk a little bit about that? When you say give and take, yes. So you have um, someone who is there, who is there to give you direction. However, I think that listening to, listening is very important. So to get directions or receive directions, but actually hearing it and accepting it can be confrontational. Because me, you could come in and excited about your new job. Uh, but you bring all this wealth of experience in ways that you've done it from a, maybe a past employer. And here I am, I'm here for umpteen years. And then you just want me to change my ways. You know, uh, you want me to do things entirely different. And it puts me or anybody, I'm just using me for an example, um, in a, um, makes me feel uncomfortable because now I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I've always done it like this. And then sometimes people have a hard time adapting to change. I had I had an employer once before that was um, my manager. Well, she was hired to be my manager. However, I had been kind of the acting manager for six months or so before they hired someone. So my responsibility was to train her to be a manager of something I've done for the last six months. That was tough for me. 
you know, um, and it did cause conflict in our uh, relationship because even though we just met, we had lunch and we were friends, but there came a time where she had to get go into boss mode. And to me, I kind of um, backed away from that. I'm like, oh, I've been doing this forever. You know, how are you going to tell me how to do what I've already been doing? But she was the boss now and the manager now. And our style techniques were different as manager. When I was acting manager, I did things a little bit different. I mentioned that I was in sales. So in my mind, and because of miscommunication or not communicating at all, I just assumed that a customer came in. Now I'm back to just a regular representative that I can assist them and help them, even if they said they knew my manager. Because when I was acting manager, I gave all the clients to my to the people under me. I didn't try to keep them as if I didn't get commission as a manager. But in her mind, she, you know, she got really upset. She's like, that's my customer. I've been knowing them forever. You should, you took, but it wasn't like that. So I thought her managing techniques were the same as mine. And when they wasn't, because we never had a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So just having a simple conversation with uh, whoever about whatever can stop conflict or misunderstandings before they even get started. So um, I hope I answered that question. I don't know if I got off track or not, but yeah. <laughs> no, that that is perfect. A communication. Sometimes we don't have those conversations because we think it's obvious. It's obvious. She's not getting yeah. commission. I'm getting commission. We're here to serve the customer. It doesn't really matter who's serving yeah. as long as the customer gets served. But I also get commission. And it seems obvious from your perspective and then obvious from her perspective, I have this relationship, of course, I'm going to continue. And so we don't even think to have conversations about things that we think are obvious. So as you have already mentioned, a lack of clear communication and having simple conversations can cause a lot of turmoil and conflict. And I know that right now we haven't talked about your current role, but you're in HR at Lane College. How how do you see that or how do you help the people in your organization to have those starter conversations so that the communication can get rolling from the beginning? That's a good question. Um, Lane College is divided by departments. So first of all, if there is a conflict or... uh, a misunderstanding within a department. I try to let the department handle it. However, I have tools and resources that I send out, you know, um, in advance. Um, I found that sometimes because I'm a person that shares a lot, I'm a share knowledge, I share knowledge. If I find out something and I learn something, I'm, I'm a share. The manager of the department may think that I'm overstepping my boundaries or by sharing when that is not the case. So if someone comes to me uh, because they have a problem in their department, normally they just want to vent. I have found that to be the case. There's something going on. They don't feel comfortable talking to anyone else. So my HR role kind of transition to just a listener. They don't want my advice. They don't want me to comment. And they want me to listen. So I think uh, a big part of my role and have, if anything comes up at the 
at the college is to listen to what that person is saying and understand where they're coming from and let them vent or get it out and let them know that everything that they say is confidential. I have found, and when it's done, I may give a comment or example and let them know that I understand where they're coming from. But I ask them what they want me to do with this information. And once that is kind of resolved, that's when I know if they want to vent or if they want to move further with the complaint. And if they say, you know, I just want someone to know, I want it for the record, you know, that this is going on in my department, you know, they want to be heard. You know, we as people, we want to be heard. We want somebody to have a voice for us when we can't have it for ourselves because we're in fear of retaliation, you know, or we are in fear of losing our job, you know, or we just fear that we will be treated differently when we go back to our work areas. If And I, and I always say, have you tried to have a conversation with your supervisor? You know, this is something that can be easily resolved with if you have a conversation with your supervisor and it's usually something that's not even nothing, you know? Um, so with that being said, I try to refer it back to the department to see if they can work it out, but not without even reaching out to the department supervisor and say, Hey, this is confidential. You know, um, so-and-so has this issue or this problem. And I asked them to refer back to you so that they won't be just caught off guard. You know, because sometimes we can get so busy and somebody comes to our office with this complaint or or this concern. We don't have time for them because we're doing this. And then that employee feels neglected. So one thing we don't want to do, we do not want to neglect any of our employees. We want all of them to have a voice and, and be heard so that they can feel comfortable um, talking to us or talking to HR and confident that it something is being done to attempt to resolve it. They may not always know, but hopefully a shift in that department or in the atmosphere will let them know that something's been done, you know, and and they will be, they, they were heard. So, you know, with that said and done, you know, it comes a time that it has to go a little bit farther. Uh, and I'm not that expert to make that final decision. So I think investigation, everything, you know, um, and I don't do that alone. I usually get a committee up. So we have a committee of different people around of the campus. And it depends on whether where the complaint or where the issue came from. So we use a committee. I use a committee to look at all aspects so they won't think anybody is passing judgment. Oh, oh you find out, oh, those those people are friends, you know, so they're not going to hear me. They're not going to listen. They've been working together for 20 years. They've always been here. So they don't feel comfortable because they feel betrayed because those two people are friends. But at the end of the day, I think we should let every employee, every colleague, everybody know that we all are here for the same reason. We all are here to educate our students. So we are role models for the students. We are role models for our peers. And so the way that we do business, we all got the same goal. We just go about it differently. And then you have COVID that came in. And this is probably um, how we met because um, after COVID and coming back to the workplace, we didn't have all those challenges that we have now. So there's been more complaints and more conflicts within the department. And it has nothing to do with maybe they're stressed at home. 
So sometimes taking time to know who you're working with and what they're going through can resolve um, a lot of conflict. Uh, We did have some training where leadership was invited along with other department heads and stuff. And it was nothing more than learning each other. That's something I learned at a job at a very young age is in, and, and I carried it with me ever since is adjusting your personal style. So we are a religious institution also. So that comes to play. So um, one of my jobs early in life too was you never discuss religion. You never discuss politics. So there was certain things that we were not allowed to um, discuss at the workplace because they caused confrontation. So when I came to work at Lane, that was something I had to adjust my personal style to because I, for 20 years, I have been using this style or this uh, way of life of not discussing politics and not discussing religions because it can be a company. But now I'm at a faith-based institution and it's all about religion you know, um, and the walks of life. And so um, that was difficult for me because I'm like, now somebody come to me, do I say, let's pray about it? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. That is, that is is a tricky situation. I love what you said, Tracy, about when people come to your office, many times they just want to be listened to and listening, not trying to fix. But what I think is so powerful is what you do when they're done which is continuing to listen to them and empower them by asking them the question, what do you want me to do next? And I think so many times in conflict, people feel disempowered. They feel like nobody's listening to them. Nobody cares about them. And if they go to somebody else, they're still going to be powerless because now it's going to be in somebody else's hands. But to say, no, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want to have happen? What's your expectation? And then having them really think about that and having them answer it instead of you answer it or the institution answer it. I think that's really powerful. It's worked. Can you tell me a time um, that you think of as the best experience you've had in uh, a job with a coworker or a boss and what resonated? What was it about that situation where you really thrived and flourished? Um, and I'm going to go back to a job that was probably when I was much younger, you know, I was in transitions and just graduated college and Bell South was probably one of my best jobs because I felt that they, um, that they cared for their, their staff differently. It's like they knew our concerns before we knew them and they addressed it before we knew them. So, and I learned a lot and I use a lot of those things now today. And that was from 20, 25 years ago. They stuck with me and and I've addressed them. I've even trained employees here on some of the training that I got. I went out and researched and found some of the training. So um, I mentioned earlier, if a department is having a conflict, if I continue to, continue to get the same type of complaint or the same type of concern from more than one employee, instead of pinpointing, I pull the whole group together. Okay, what can we do? This is supervisors. This is a complaint that is spreading throughout the campus. Not saying that it's your department, but I think this is something that's important that we all look at. And so instead of pinpointing or 
I, I train everybody because they may be having the same same thing in their uh, department. It's just not being brought to light yet, you know. Um, and I can say that I don't know if I had any really bad jobs at all. I think all my jobs have taught me something that has brought me to where I'm at today in human resources. I've learned something from every job that maybe again want to share with others and how how can you do that other than being in human resources where you deal with people all day long so I feel like I have a lot of experience to share and stories to tell so that if an employee do come to me with something um, let them know they're not the only one it's not the first time that it happened and it probably will happen again and just Let's find the root to why it's happening. Sometimes I've used uh, used um, well. So and so is 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 not feeling well, or so and so has death in the family, and so they did not mean to lash out at you. They're just stressed at this moment, and I got backlash from that because they may say, "Well, my cousin or my uncle died too, and I didn't act like that." And then you think, "How do you?" You know, how do you address that? Yeah. And um and, and I don't have all the answers. All I can do is be a support person and then find somebody like you like you and hopefully you can enlighten the whole the entire team so that we all can be on the same page. Um there's other trainings that are out there as well that can help employers reach their their employees. And help everybody have a have the same understanding and and know that they're not being picked at individually. There may be some jobs where they are, you know, and that has to be addressed differently. But if you can resolve any type of resolution in advance, the best way to do is make sure everyone is trained and have a clear understanding and hopefully hire people with the same goal in mind. You know, uh, we're educators and and educate being when I first came to work at Lane, it took me a minute to understand that. I mean, I knew I worked with doctors and the lawyers and, you know, every faculty member has a doctor. They're more educated than I am. You know, they're teachers. And but that does not mean they know everything. They know everything that is special to you that. But it took me it was hard for me to swallow them coming to tell me how to do my job. You know, so I have um, conflicts too. I'm not a conflict resolutionist, but I have to control uh, how I uh, reply and make sure that I'm always professional and practicing what I preach and what I've learned. I got stuff all over my desk that helps me, you know, cheat notes, you know, on my desk that, which is the reference guide. Because I think that's the hardest part of being in human resources and not to not to uh, mention that I'm a one person office. So sometimes um, I need somebody to vent to, you know, and 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 get and then you can't vent and be frustrated, you know, but your frustration with everybody because it becomes gossip or whatever. So we have to pay attention as leaders and especially in human resources you know, who we went to because we don't want it to turn into a rodeo show. One thing I really appreciate that you said about conflict is looking at what's going on in the institution. 
and head off conflict. Conflict is normal and it happens and it's not bad. It's negative when it's unmanaged and we don't address it. But there's so many things that we can do in all of our organizations to look and see what's going on with the system that is making it difficult for people to be on mission, to have healthy work environments, what is leading to unrest or people feeling minimized. And if we can address that as you as you naturally do, then that can help everybody have a better, healthier, stronger work environment. Because when we don't do that, and we just look at a person as being the problem, we scapegoat them because it is rarely that one person. There's typically something that's going on in the system that is allowing that behavior to start, continue, that is making it so that our responses are not quick and just, swift. We there Maybe there's no training. Maybe it's not the right training. Maybe it's not continuous, whatever it is. But if we just say, The problem is this one person, then it makes it so that the institution doesn't have to get better, which is good for nobody. Nobody at all. (laughs) Exactly. And with COVID, um, some departments were allowed to come back to work. Some departments got to stay home. Some departments have staggered shifts. It caused a conflict within because now you're saying, well, why so-and-so get to stay home and I have to come in every day. Um, Not knowing that they had a supervisor that, or their job allowed them to do that. So uh, that caused everybody to be kind of um, uptight or, or jealous or envy of, of, of others. And it took the president, you know, saying to the entire community, if you feel stressed and you feel like you cannot, that you need to be at stay at home, we, we're trying to get back to a new normal, or there's never going to be the way it was, you know. It and I was hard headed thinking about a new normal. I wanted everything to go back, but I finally learned that you know the new normal is what it is, and here we are years after um, into COVID, you know. Um, and we still have issues and people are still suffering. Lives are still being lost and people are missing people. Jobs, even though um, I think that jobs are at its low, you know, employment and unemployment is at its low right now for in a decade or so. People are still unemployed. Are they missing? Are they going to work? And because the economy has uh, costs have gone up and paychecks have not gone up, this is stressing people out. How are they going to meet it, meet, make ends meet? And then you have people who are working multiple jobs, you know, and, and it's really stressful. Or you have, you know, in my case, two people down and you have one person doing several jobs. Everybody is stressed at the highest. You're doing more work, but not more pay. Bills are still coming. And then you may take your frustration out on someone at work. COVID, I think, has is the main reason that we're probably here today, you know, because I think that um, the stress of all of it, um, I read one article where um, people coming back from COVID have so much high anxiety. I was in a meeting and this woman said, 
Well, she was excited to go back to work. She was so excited. But when she walked into the building, her anxiety took over and she couldn't focus. She went back to her office. And when somebody came to her door or sit in front, she got nervous because she still was afraid of um, being in front of people. Um, I know people who were uh, extroverts who had to become introverts and they lost their, they didn't lose their minds, but they would call me Tracy. I mean, I really got calls, you know, I got to get out of the house. I need to come. Oh, you can't, not, not right now, you know, and try to talk them down. And, um, and then unfortunately that was not my expertise, but I tried to stay as, as informed. I tried to train as much as I could and read as much as I could on all of these issues. Try, you know, it's hard to retain a lot. It was a lot going on, but then to share it, you know, uh, that I understand I'm with you, you know, uh, you're not in this alone. Talk to your colleague, let them know how you're feeling. Let them know that you're going through a tough time and you don't mean to lash out and apologize. And then when they do something, we'll say, thank you. I mean, we all need it. <laughs> We've lost colleagues in other positions here, even at the college. We lost people during COVID and it was difficult, you know, um, I had one colleague that would stop by my office every day just to check on me. And then when that was removed, it was like I had that one to go to person and she's no longer here. Yeah. You know, so it affected me emotionally. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just got to be respectful of everybody's time and everybody's feelings and what they're going through. Um, as you said, conflict is going to exist. Um, conflict can be positive because it can help us learn and it can help us implement new policies or procedures uh, to for the betterment of our institution or any job or any company. And if you never brought aware that there was a problem, you'll never be, it'll never be fixed. Yeah. Tracy, I really like how you illustrated all of the issues that have gone on with COVID. And some people say we're past COVID. Others are like, we're never going to be over it. But wherever we are in the pandemic, post-pandemic world, there's so much for us to learn about our institutions, about how we communicate, how we expect our leaders to communicate. And we can look backwards and say what they got right and what they got wrong so that we can learn in the future how we can be transparent, like you said, about why do I have to do this? Why somebody else isn't doing it? And sometimes we want to say, you don't need to know that. That's none of your business. And at the other <laughs> hand, we can say, yeah, but I'm a human person. And if you explain things to me and treat me like a human person with a mind, if you just explain things, then I can understand and I don't need to ruminate. And in the vacuum and avoid, we feel our own narrative. And if we are experiencing something negative, a lot of times then we ascribe negative motive to somebody else. And absolutely, I think COVID has also shown us that in our work environments, we are a community and we have what happens to us outside of work affects the work that we do. And then of course, our interactions with one another, our customer base, and in your case, the students, their families, the stakeholders in the community, and really seeing how can we in our work and place environments, 
really realize that we're not just these institutions, but it's about human-centric workplaces because all of us come with joys and wonderful things and tragedy and sickness and health and our work friends and the people that we find it difficult to be with. And so we're in this big jumbled situation called life that gets played out at work. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it so that everybody knows, as you mentioned before, that we're on mission, we're all going in the same place. We all have important Mm -hmm. roles to play. And I want to make your interactions with me so that you're better when you leave me. And when I interact with you, colleague, I want to be better off. How do we help people? So let's end on that note. What advice, Tracy, do you have for us as workers so that our interactions can help other people not only feel like they're treated with dignity and respect, but flourish? How can we help our coworkers flourish? By being there for them. I mean, be that support, you know, um, and if you're not able to be that support person, maybe find someone else, refer them to someone that you know that can be that support person. Uh, nobody has all the answers. And as again, I think I said this earlier, we, we're in this together. You know, remain positive, you know, speak positivity. And again, sometimes we take stuff personal and we shouldn't be taking everything personal. Provide facts, facts, you know. So um, I, I find that data and facts kind of helps too, you know. So uh, again, I always go back to listen to what that person is stressing about or what their problem is. Search for solutions by going to the department to see if there's anything that can be changed. And if so, maybe see how you can help implement that change. Without, you know, a lot of people find, I find that they feel like you step it on their toes or if I, somebody comes to me something and I go to that department and just ask a question, they immediately get intimidated. And I have to let them know, look, can we find a solution to, around this for not just you, but for the employee that is feel like they're being mistreated? The other coworkers that is in their department that uh, is feeling the stress of this because they feel that they're mistreated. It's, it's affecting the entire department. Uh, one year, a few years ago, there was a lot of conflict in, in the department. I and mean, it was just like, everybody was mad at each other. And I couldn't figure out why. I wasn't in this position at that time. But I, I said, let's have a movie night. It was something going on. And I invited each and every one of them to go to a movie. And it's so funny because I filled up my bags with snacks and stuff. So nobody would have to buy that. I'm like, it's my treat. I said, I just want everybody to get along and and um and to be happy, you know. And I think whatever all this backstabbing and talking behind each other back, I think that if we come together and do something fun, that we can see that we all are generally here for the same purpose. And that we can work that out. So that was just something I did before I was even in HR, just hoping to make helping everybody get along. One of our stakeholders, uh, board of director members, did that for us a couple of years ago, right after COVID, when the movie theaters. I mean, what, I mean, it was so nice of him. He just took everybody to 
to the theater. The whole, everybody that wanted to come, we all went to see a movie and then there was food provided. We all laughed in fellowship. I think that was one of the best outings, you know, because everybody was in a more relaxed place. We wouldn't at the stress of the work, you know, and I don't recall anybody talking about work, not in the group that I was around, people that work across campus that I'd never see. I mean, it was just outside of the workplace. Sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone to get comfortable. So um, I've met people outside of the office. So somebody may come to my office and they got something really, you know, that they need to talk about. Let's not talk about it here. Let's let's um let's let's go to lunch you know let's just get outside of the workplace just that little change of scenery let's walk across campus so you know in the summertime somebody comes to me and they get some we take a walk so just keep everybody's emotions and what they're going through in mind try to get to know them try to get to know your co-workers and it could help the situation and be mindful of the work environment the people that you work with, whether it's the janitor or the CEO, all people go through something in life that may catch them off guard on a particular day or be frustrated, uh, get frustrated, and it may cause a confrontation when they are really going through some personal stuff that's overwhelming them. I had to look at that too. Just this week, you know, you know that came to me. That person lashed out at me because they were going through something themselves, and uh, we as human beings, the first thing I did is want to lash out right back. That's the first thing that came to mind. And I did, but I did it with facts. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But that didn't resolve it. You know, it continued on. This morning, the first thing I did when I woke up at 6 a.m. was write an apology that I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't listening. I was busy. I was working on some really major reports. I heard you, but I didn't hear you. I understand now. I apologize for my response. I've seen that person this morning. We hadn't touched on that again. We just kind of let it go. And I, and I hope that's the end that I feel that that person was coming to me because they needed me and I wasn't there for them because I was preoccupied, you know, with something else. And then it caused a, 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 a big misunderstanding, big, big misunderstanding. Um, one of the other things that you said in here, what bothers you at work that doesn't bother me anymore? I, I want to answer that question because I am a one person office. And um, what bothers me is because I, I mentioned earlier, we have a whole lot of different departments. Um, I see department celebration somebody's birthday, they they celebrate it within the department. At Christmas, they exchange gifts or they just do stuff as a family like they're supposed to do. And I love, and I love seeing that because it makes me feel, oh, they got over that conflict that came to my desk a few days ago. So I love it, but I feel excluded because I'm never invited. So <laughs> I had to get over that part of it it's so-and-so birthday in the department. I want to go to her little birthday party and eat birthday cake, but they only doing it within the department. So that's something that I had to overcome. And one of the ways that I did that is I hang out more with more HR people. So I found something outside of the workplace and joined SHRM, for instance. You know, so I'm around. So now I have that group of people. So 
I feel included in that group. So I don't feel so excluded from the admissions office or whatever, you know, because now I have a group of like, they are like-minded people. So they celebrate and they do things together. So now that helps and getting involved in the community helped me a whole lot. Just being involved and getting out there into the community helped relax me a little bit. And then I learned from other, um, other institutions or other companies or some of the things that they're doing. And then I try to bring it back here if it's if if it's applicable but you know if i can i bring it back here and 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 again i share it you know so and so over at toyota they run into this problem often and they have found that this works for them Mm -hmm. let us try and see if it'll work for us because just listening to some of your other peers can help resolve a whole lot and and i think more than anything people want to be heard and listen absolutely Tracy, I like that you illustrated two really important aspects of leadership and conflict resolution, which is um, self-reflection, right? So you were you were feeling isolated and a lack of sense of belonging, and you recognize that. And so instead of saying, "Oh, nobody cares about me," you did something about it. You found you found your group, and the conflict that you had this just this week, you th- reflected and said. I'm going to do something about this. I was listening, but I wasn't listening. And so I can move forward. And conflict resolution and having good work environments is constantly taking stock of, are we being the professionals that we want to be? Are we being the people, the carers? You know, am I caring for my fellow employee? And that goes back to what you said about supporting your colleagues. If all of us in the institution wherever we work, have a mindset that part of fulfilling the mission of my organization is caring about the people around me, then when someone lashes out, I can think, oh, what's going on with them? Instead of what's going on, you know, what are they, why are they attacking me? But rather, oh, what's going on with them? And as you said, which I think is really powerful, this doesn't mean that we need to take on the emotional burdens of everybody else or solve everybody else's problems. But if I see that something is going on with someone, maybe I can point them to someone that can help them or just even notice them by say, hey, hi, or I appreciate you. Or if it is an issue that we can't deal with to say, have you talked to, have you gone here? Have Hey, there's this resource, but just noticing the people around us and supporting your colleagues. That's that's a wonderful way that we can bring about flourishing work environments. Tracy, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I appreciate that work that you're doing at Lane College. And I'll say to our listeners, I went to an event that uh, Tracy had me at at her college and to see her work the room, she really lives this out about caring for your colleagues. I saw you talking to the people around you and really I saw you really listening to them and I could see their faces light up because it just feels good to be seen and known and that is so important so thank you for doing that for your colleagues thank you thank you for recognizing it and thank you for uh coming in and and speaking to us um I mean I sent out a survey and every one of them Please have her come back. Can we get more people in? They won't, you know. So we are definitely, if listeners, Mary Brown, 
um, I met her at a share meeting, as a matter of fact. And when she delivered the message on conflict resolution, I'm like, we have got to have her at the college. If you haven't any conflict resolution, she's a professional. She's a good listener. I told her what we may be some of the things that we were going through and she delivered. So, you know, conflict management, you're not on your own. You're not on your own. That's right. You know, there's help out there and you got professionals like Mary can uh, help us along the way. So if you don't use her, use somebody. If you don't use uh, 3P, find someone that can come in and help walk you through the issues that you have going on. It may not even be conflict that you need training on. That's right. It could just be um, the job itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be just managing. It's not always conflict, but right. just the training itself can reduce the number of conflicts that you do have. That's right. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tracy. What a fun conversation. And I appreciate that little plug at the end. If anybody is needing any conflict resolution services, I do. I am a workplace conflict mediator, and I love doing training for managers and just everybody in your organization so that they can have these adult-to-adult conversations. Conflict Managed is produced by Third Party Workplace Conflict Restoration Services. You can find us online at 3pconflictrestoration.com. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember, conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care. Enjoy.